At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hi everyone, welcome to Mtunuwatu. This is a bi-weekly production where we discuss social justice, religion, humanity, and culture. Mtunuwatu is a Swahili proverb that means a person is people. The proverb was used in Africa to remind people the importance of Timor. Because individually we're weak, but together we're strong. Welcome. Hello there and welcome to Mtunuwatu. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk about social issues and things that affect us as human beings. <clears throat> and today we have a special topic for you guys. And just before we start, I wanted, uh, uh, <clears throat> I wanted, I wanted us to give a disclaimer about what we're going to talk about. And uh, Christina is going to give us that. Your discretion is advised. Hello everyone. We just wanted to give a quick disclaimer that... The topic in which we are discussing today is it, our opinion only. It is our perspective. It is how we view things. It could be different where you are at. It could be different um, where you go. But we are just talking from our experience and our viewpoint and how this issue is currently affecting um, the world, cult- like the culture right now. So that's what we will be talking about today. Please, if you have any comments, anything that you would like to add, you can just add it in the comments. Yeah. Or you can email us. You can contact on social media and all that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, <coughs> you guys ready? Let's go. <laughs> so, we want to talk about, uh, you know, like the long-term healthcare services here in the United States. And I don't know about the other country, but we live in the United States, so we're just going to talk about America. So my first question is, um, you know, what are long-term healthcare services? Like, if somebody were to ask you, what is long-term health healthcare service? What is it? If somebody wanted to jump in, in. so it's just um, long-term healthcare services are basically a place that you would go um, when you're older, just to live out your life, you know, get uh, help, um, be taken care of health-wise, you know. Some places offer, like, social activities and things like that. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. so those are just long-term care services. Yeah, and it can also be medical and non-medical as well, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, uh, sometimes it's for disabilities, too. So people that have disability can, can live on those long-term uh, care services uh, or like chronic illnesses, um, you know, aging. When people are affected by aging, they can be put on long-term care services also. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's just a, a brief um, <clears throat> definition or explanation of what a long-term care service is. So how how, how do long, uh, long-term long care services, uh, pro- where, where are long-term services provided? Like I know there's a lot of facilities and, I just don't. Un- I don't believe that that's the only place that they provide those services. There, there must be other places that do provide these services too. Yeah. Um, so some of the places, of course, they can be provided at home um, if somebody chooses to just stay at their house, and they can have like a a nurse come in um, or a CNA come in um, every other day or whichever schedule that they chose, and they'll come to the house and just kind of help them with daily activities. Um, there's assistant living, which is where people are still kind of mobile. They can do things for themselves. And then there's memory care too, um, which is like memory care facilities for those who are not able to do anything for themselves anymore. So they need a lot more help. Yeah, cognitively, then, they're not there anymore. Yeah, cognitively, exactly. Yeah. And then independent living is people who are still able. I feel like that's also it. Um, yeah. yeah. Long-term care, yeah. Okay, so what about the uh, hospice? Hospice care is oh, that yeah. like hospice care yeah. is for uh, terminally ill. Yeah, and it's just to it's just comfort care. Mm-hmm. It's to make the person comfortable because they're about, they're to, about die. to die. Okay, that's cool. So, um, <clears throat> in you guys' opinion, so which one is um, better? Like, which one is better as far as those uh, places like nursing home, assisted living facilities? In home care, you know, we're not talking about house, uh, hospice because we know that's like just somebody's about to go and they just think. But those three. Better then, in what? Better in care? At, or like As far as care. As far as care? Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like at home They're, is better, in my opinion. I mean, like none of them are great, but um, I feel like at home you have more say in what you want. You can You can tell them that, you know, they can do this and they can do that, but they can't do this and they can't do that. I feel like you have more say at home. But in facilities, like, you have to abide by their rules and their rules alone. Yeah. In my opinion. I don't have much experience in, in home care. So I, I don't have much say. I don't know mm-hmm. how that system works. But I feel like there's no better choice. It's all basically the same. It's all a staff trying to give care to whoever chooses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some of the major issues with long-term care services here in America? Mm-hmm. Like we we know what they do and we've seen on TV or you know articles on newspapers, magazines about stuff that do happen in long-term long-term care services, but I I was just wondering uh what are some of the these issues? Some of the issues. So the, we're just naming off the problems? Yes. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> there's first the care, mm-hmm. yeah, the care, the amount of care, the quality of the care. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also staffing issues, mm-hmm. which is a very big thing, mm-hmm. um, and they all kind of all 
kind of go together. Yeah. But staffing issues, quality of care, the amount of care that you get, um, there's neglect, there can be abuse, uh, there could be lack of supplies. Um, in, um, <laughs> I don't want to say people that don't quite know how to do their jobs mm-hmm. or people that don't n- want to be in that field in the first place, but because of how much money they could make, they are in that field. So there are people that work there that you know should not work there. Yeah. That has to the, be yeah. like the biggest thing for me. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things for me because with that, if you're going, when you go into that field, you have to have a lot of compassion. You have to actually love what you're doing, right? And so if you're going in it with for the wrong reason and then all those things that you just mentioned, they're like implicated mm-hmm. on the patient. So then you find like the patient doesn't get in, like great care. You don't work well with other staff because you, you will, you don't want to be there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That's, that has to be the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. So if we go down the list and just kind of talk about like all these issues because they all kind of branch off to yeah. multiple other things. But if we start off maybe with staffing ratios and stuff and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we'd say that in long term care, there's a big issue with staffing because you could have maybe like two nurses. Each nurse has like 30 some patients, 30 some residents or 40 some residents if you have mm-hmm. bigger facility they have like 50 some or they have either half of the building to them and or the whole building to them in some facilities and that's a ver- like that's a very huge red flag it's a very safety is at risk people's health are at risk because of that and that's because the nurse can only do certain things right yeah. so like the CNAs can't like administer medication, mm-hmm, that type no. of thing. Yeah. Do you feel like this is new? This staffing thing is new since like the COVID. No, no, it's been Before it's it? been yeah. that way for a while. Especially and then COVID in long-term. just made it worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. COVID definitely made it worse. Not only in long term facility, and I also noticed it hospitals, in hospital as yeah. well too. Um, definitely COVID made it worse. Even though before COVID, hospital was a lot of a lot bit better with um, when it comes to staffing, but with long term facilities, it just got so much worse. Yeah. Like once COVID got there, because you had people who didn't want to be there anymore. And once they, you know, once they got COVID, then, then you know, you didn't have a lot of people coming into work. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, there was probably and one CNA working with one nurse. Yeah. It was just a mess. So it's, yeah. it was crazy. But we've had staffing issues. The healthcare yeah. field has had its shortages mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. And, just you know the pay is just terrible mm-hmm. it's terrible and nobody wants to stay in that field getting paid that much to do all that work yeah and all that comes <clears throat> with it so um the staffing thing has been that's wow that's mm-hmm. ancient what about cost the cost of living and cost of care Cost of care for a patient? Yeah, for it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Those long-term care facilities, they're not cheap. And there's a lot of them that are very good. <laughs> they and advertise they cost more. that they're very good and they cost more, but the care that, that the person received there is not very good, mm-hmm. just being honest. Yeah. 
They, so they charge way too much, <coughs> too much, but they for, don't give good services. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's, that's not cool. <laughs> you no. could be paid like six grand, 10 grand, 12 grand, mm-hmm. depending on like the type of quality that you, you see that they're selling you, mm-hmm. that they, they will give you. And then you go like here, there, and you're getting like, so, of, so no do you think that <coughs> they just put those on like a website or a brochure to sell the services? But since the family not there, as soon well, as yeah. you leave your yeah. your family, they're not treated right, right? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Family can always come visit, but none of them barely. So do when they visit, sometimes. that's when uh, they show barely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, barely. But they barely come visit. Family barely comes. Oh man, you'll find those that are you know. Very close. So, can you guys talk a little bit about the emotion, emotional and uh, psychological impact of being in a member, like you know, uh, long term care stuff? It's very draining to, to the staff and to to the patient. To the patient, um, it's sad. It's very sad because, sad, yeah. like Christina was talking about, like when you have people who don't want, you know, who don't really like their job and what they're doing, and that patient has to be taken care of by that person. It's sad because you know the the patient has needs and and things that they that they want and and how they need to be taken care of and if that's being um, communicated and it's not being respected, then that patient is not receiving that the care that they deserve and it's really really sad to see that in a, a staff point of view, the job itself is very draining it's mentally physically and just all around very draining. Um, you come home at times and you still think about, you know, your job. Yeah. And it keeps you up at night sometimes. I don't know about you. Remember the call light? That's why I, I had nightmares. <laughs> I have nightmares about That's call lights. why I left. I felt like it got so, because the last place I worked at was a long-term care facility. And it got so bad that I became like, depressed Mm -hmm. and i did not want to go to work because i knew that i could put my heart and soul into my residents into keeping them safe into taking care of them doing the best that i can but you see that the other people around you are not putting in a hundred percent yeah it it drains you so much that you're like there's nothing you can do there's nothing to make anything better and even worse is when you strive to take care of them the next, the next person that comes won't take care of them, and then the week passes. You come back, and then you hear about that, that you're, gone. you're gone. Oh like God. how he was fine. Like what did you? Uh, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. So psychologically, it's very challenging. <coughs> Emotionally, very challenging to both the residents and the staff. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So physically, because we're lifting heavy people. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's talk about the safety at this facility. So uh, how safe are these long-term facility services? And now we're going to talk about both staff and the residents. Safe, safe-wise, um, it just depends on which facility you end up going to. I, I work as a I, – I, my first job was at a hospital, and that was great. And then after that, I was – I did staffing, which gave me an opportunity to go like in like different type of facility. And I've worked with some really good ones, and I've worked with some really bad ones. The bad ones that I've worked at, they have really bad safety issues. Like we were talking about earlier, the beds were so low, and then 
when you get there, you're not given very great report. So you don't know where, e- where the- like, yeah, where everything is. And they won't have time to show you where everything is. So you kind of going, you're going like just blindsided and you have to figure out everything by yourself. So the beds were so, so low. I, I'm on my knees trying to change a patient. Like I had 15 patients, and I'm I'm over, I'm over here trying to take care of them. I'm on my knees trying to change them, boosting them up if they need to, getting them out of bed um, after the end of my shift. And it wasn't until after the end of my shift that I found out that they have a remote. The remote is nowhere in sight. It's nowhere in sight. Like it was in the lift back. The bed out yeah. It was in the back, and nobody communicated that with me until the end of my shift. Yeah. So my back was killing me. And you know how they talk about, like, um, what is it, um, the, the proper way of lifting too. and stuff like that? Well, it was not well. It, it was not established it was that not night. You. No, it was not. <laughs> no, I feel like at a hospital, <laughs> at a hospital, they push safety a lot a more. Lot. Yeah. But then the more they push safety, you also have to put as much pressure on staffing as Mm -hmm. well because i worked a lot more in a hospital but if you like for example you would go to help a patient Mm -hmm. but everybody else is in different rooms and they can't help you Mm -hmm. and you gotta lift like boost them up but you need another person Mm -hmm. so like a lot of um staff came up with this thing where if you were by yourself and look at me i'm I'm tiny. <laughs> I will not be lifting. I will not be lifting anybody. I, no, but they came up with this thing where you could put the bed down mm-hmm. at like on a level instead of like ninety degrees, yeah. and then just go in the back and push the sheets up. Yeah, but that also um, mm-hmm. affects the patient's yeah. body because they could create like frictions, frictions, yeah. and yeah. whatever, and tear the skin. Mm-hmm. So like. That's not what safe. do you do if you do, if you push safety you got to push staffing as mm-hmm. well in a long-term care facility it, it depends it, it depends where you go it depends where you go and the <laughs> the staff that's there and if they have the right equipment because sometimes they're they don't have the right equipment yeah. or the equipment doesn't work mm-hmm. yeah. that that was at a facility that I was at the equipment didn't work. Or you um, had to have two people, but there's only one person to the floor. Mm. So how are you going to do a two-person assist when you're only one person? Mm -hmm. So that was very much a safety hazard. And then so it's just safety to our body physically because of the stuff that we're doing. With not enough Mm -hmm. people to help you, that's all on you. That's all on your body. And you still have to care for those people. Yeah. You know, just because there's nobody else there doesn't mean that you neglect that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. So, so how how about like you know <clears throat> we you know we've been dealing with covid for covid-19 for 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 a couple of years now mm-hmm. how bad was it like how oh. unsafe was it for you guys to uh, to work at a facility like that and 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 these vulnerable people you're it scared was, they might give them covid and stuff how was it that? Was <laughs> it was very scary because they're so prone a lot of them are so prone to get sick so so because their immune system already is very good. weak yeah and so we had to be really careful like if you're coughing you need to go home but then you you, you go you home need, there's you not can. enough people now yeah. oh, so you really had to mask <laughs> up like you had to just like really be careful like what you're bringing into like the room um and you but, were scared to take it yeah. home as well yeah and but the biggest thing i think um doing while they doing like covid um it was just like seeing like a lot of death that was happening mm-hmm. i feel like that was the biggest thing and that was very very um 
meant it was just very draining um and a lot of them are dnrs so you can't really you do, can't anything. do anything you just have to watch them die yeah. So you can't resuscitate. You can't do anything. You just have to watch them, and that was the biggest thing because you get so attached, so attached. That's the thing. That's the problem. The, That's like, the problem with the with system. Memory <laughs> care. You get so easily attached to a lot of them because they're so sweet. They're so sweet. A lot of them are. You get so attached to them so easily, and then once they're gone. Like it hits you, no matter how much. Like I, I feel like I have become numb, but even it, even when it does happen, it hits. Like it hits your core, like really yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. And so I think that during COVID, that was just like the most, the biggest thing that was very draining. Like seeing death after death after death after yeah. death. It was. I just think too that's much. why I took a break mm-hmm. and I completely left because where I was working, like it was like almost every single week. Yeah. Somebody was gone, and I was like, Apana, I can't do this. It was, I know, I felt like I couldn't go to work anymore because yeah. it's just yeah. like, who else? <clears throat> who else is gonna go? Because, Apana uh, quit. No, that one was crazy. But, so what do you guys okay. think that healthcare services uh, providers could do to make sure that the facilities, uh, facilities and services are safe and, and uh, staff are safe, patients are safe? Uh, from abuse and all this for uh, patient and yeah. stuff yeah mm-hmm. um i feel like there's a lot of things that have been implemented yeah there's a lot of stuff yeah. for covid i think we've they did the very best that they could mm-hmm. um we were we were gowning we were we were like mm-hmm. freaking like from that movie yeah we were contagious yeah contagious <laughs> we were full bodied <clears throat> up we but the thing about about that was like a patient could be in like critical condition yeah, and, and then that was especially to. at the hospital yeah that i found like it was so difficult because you had to be fast mm-hmm. a patient could be in like critical condition they can't breathe their oxygen is dropping but you're tr- still trying to gown up mm-hmm. you're still trying to get all this stuff on boots on hat whatever before you can go in yeah, yeah you have to you get in back. And then you go in, and it's like, you know, you it can't can go inside, then you get contaminated. Oh, so you have to get yeah. PPE, yeah. like the um, the mask on and everything, goggles on, like everything. You have <coughs> to gown up, but while the patient is like, <laughs> in critical condition. Yeah, and there's a certain way you need to gown up. Yeah. There's certain things you need to put on first. And then, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, and then there's a certain way you need to take it off. So it's like the. It got it got really crazy, mm-hmm. and I feel like I saw a lot of neglect during that time. Yeah, especially in hospital, I saw a lot of neglect because this patient has COVID, this patient doesn't. This patient has COVID, this patient doesn't. So now you're like, you get out of the patient that doesn't have COVID, gown up <laughs> the best that you can to go into the critical patient who has COVID. Then you got to take it down and go back to the other patient. That I was, I just did not feel safe about that situation at all. Yeah, yeah. that was not safe. But as for abuse and neglect, mm-hmm. what do you think the providers should do? Like these facilities? I feel like if a patient, if a patient comes, because you know they usually have. I don't know about a lot of other long term care facilities, but. 
for those ones the ones the one that I'm working at right now and some of the the places that I've been they have a social worker who kind of goes into every patient and talks to them and makes sure that they're receiving care and they're receiving mm-hmm. best care and so the patient sometimes communicates if you know last night or during the day like the that, it wasn't yeah the grievances and stuff like that and if they were they weren't taken care of and so that then the social worker communicates that with that you know the head of um of all the nurses and cnas i forgot it's just something D-O-A. with the day yeah uh-huh and then she talks to us and how we could do better on that so and i feel like if once you've heard about that and that person has more than like one grievances and it keeps happening i feel like you um, for you to protect the patient, then that person shouldn't be working there yeah. anymore. If that continues happening over the same person over and over again, mm-hmm. then that person shouldn't be working in that facility. Yeah. Just to it's protect just, not only your patient, but also the facility as well. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just being more aware. Mm-hmm. More aware. Look at the staff. Look at... that. Like Some people, you know, you, look, you work in long-term care and you have so many residents that assessments are not done like Do, yeah. the way they, they should be mm-hmm. as nurses assessments because you have all you have like 10,000 things you need to do with like over 50 people mm-hmm. of course your assessments are not going to be the best but you need to try your best to do your assessments and check the skin and check everything just to make sure they didn't have where did this bruise come from where did this happen are they getting fed are they you know doctors just l- making sure just because they're older doesn't mean that they're they don't still have life yeah. in them you know we need to be more of an advocate for our patients yeah. and noticing those things in the people that aren't doing the best job and letting them go people that act as if all they're there for is for the money and not to actually have compassion to take care of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what do you think providers should do to <clears throat> during the like interview process to eliminate people that don't have a passion for I feel like in interviewing process, mm-hmm. you you can't really notice anything because somebody will try to sell you on their personality, yeah. you know, and they will try to act a certain way so they can get that job. Once they get that job, then their their true colors show up. So, um, in interviewing process, nothing can be done about that. But like once you're starting to see that they're acting indifferent compared to how they were in an interview and the things that they were saying that they're able to Maybe do, do as a as a care. Yeah, maybe doing an assessment. But if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, then they shouldn't be in that facility. They shouldn't be working there anymore. And then going back to, like, the whole um, neglect and abuse, it kind of goes, again, with, what was that? D-O what? D-O-N-E. Also, they need to also advocate for their nurses and CNAs because we also get abuse by our patients. Mm -hmm. Like, Like we were saying earlier, we got... In, in in hospitals, it was more like we get physically abused and verbally abused. Mm-hmm. In long term facility, you get verbally abused. I've gotten like racial slurs, like a lot, and I still do. But at one place that I was working, I stopping. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Agency that I was working at, um, I, communicate, I communicated that to my supervisor, and she said she was going to talk to somebody about it. But they kept on sending me to the same facility, and it was happening over and over and over again. It came to the point where I had to leave that staffing agency because I feel like I wasn't taken seriously, and my safety wasn't matter. And, like, my emotions were, like, being they won't being like they didn't matter to them at all and i feel like that's not okay if you if you have people that are willing to do the work and they want they have the love for that field and you're not like taking them seriously and you're not advocating for them protecting them why would they still work for you yeah and i feel like that's really important for for that for those people to actually you know supervisor to advocate for their cnas and their nurses and to take them seriously when they're telling them something because yeah our patients do get neglect and abuse by those who don't want to do their job but or we for the also fact that there's not enough people exactly but we're we not we're not clones thing. we cannot yeah. be in a hundred places at the same time so going back to that to the interview process like trying to hire somebody <clears throat> um do you think like the people that actually do the hiring don't even know anything about healthcare they're just in office they never come no, some They've do. Never uh, done some, it. Like some, do. Yeah. some do. Some some have been nurses before. Yeah. You, get nurses before. Nurses, yeah. you get interviewed like by nurses. Yeah, interviewed like my uh, other CNAs. I don't keep remember. What's it? The D- director of nursing. Director of nursing. <laughs> yeah. I have it. That's that's my name. I have it. Yeah. 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 yeah, she's a director of. Was it D O A? D O N. Yeah, D O N said unrivaled. My D O N. She she was an um she was a nurse, then a nurse practitioner, and then she was a teacher for a while, and then she became a D O N. You know, so she she, she knows. Did she participate like in those interviews to hire like? Yeah, she, she, she interviewed me. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty standard from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I've heard from some that like if somebody is all about the money in the interview it's an automatic no yeah that's like a red flag yeah like wait hold on (laughs) yeah how many days off you're getting how many how much you're making those kind of things oh yeah that's true yeah that's true 
Because sometimes I feel like, you know, in, in a, lot of, a lot of jobs, there's people that just, they're so good at hiring, but they have no idea what happens in, in, in the job. Mm-hmm. Like they just, yeah. you know, they just follow the, you know, this is the rules that you have to follow when you hire somebody. But no clue about what happens actually in the field. Like what, what do people do there? How, mm-hmm. What did they go through? You know? So I don't know if that's, that's a problem also in healthcare or... No. No. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like the people in healthcare like work their way up. Yeah. It's not like just some random person that came from like a business law yeah. degree and like they're now mm-hmm. running something. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So how prevalent are neglect and abuse in long term healthcare? Oh, it's very oh. prevalent. Yeah. How come? Let me just talk about this. Yeah. Um how, how come? come? Yeah. I mean staffing. Yeah. Because once you don't have enough people on the floor, there's no way you're going to be able to take care of all the people in the mm-hmm. building. There's just no yeah. way. Because even though you have compassion, you're physically, there's, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And you do that like 12 hours for multiple days. So with the staffing, would you say that it's it's staffed for like that perfect night when nobody needs extra care, that they have enough people for that? Or they still don't have enough people just for like the standard they don't basic. have standard basic. Standard basic. Wow. There's yeah. nothing because there like are places. Like I was saying earlier that the place that I once worked one time, mm-hmm. <laughs> where I, I had there was three floors, I was the only CNA, had not seen the nurse that whole night until it was uh, it was a twelve hour shift from six to six. I didn't see the nurse until five a.m. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't know. I thought she was a ghost because I thought that was my mother's company. I thought she was a ghost. And keep in mind, she was wearing white. I don't know why she was wearing white, but she was wearing white. So I thought she was a ghost because I didn't see anybody that whole night. Other than my patient, I didn't see anybody. So it was just me. And then all of a sudden, this woman just appears out of nowhere. And she starts passing meds. I'm like, you only pass meds one time? One time. So I had three floors by myself. The the um the third floor was mostly kind of independent, so they could do everything by themselves, except for one patient that just kept on calling over and over because she was confused. But then those two floors, they needed help, and they were calling constantly. So you're going in between floors all by yourself. There's no one that can help you boost somebody up, take them out of the recliner that they were sitting to the bed, or if they wanted to go to the bathroom, you leave one person in the bathroom, and that another person is calling you because they need to go to the bathroom as well. So you have to leave that person. Oh by the time you're in that room helping the other person to the bathroom, what's happening to that person? <laughs> could they be trying to get up by themselves because they're too fall. tired sitting down? They fall. They fall. Yeah. It's not and safe. nothing stressed me more like than a patient falling because then you have to do a neuroassessment. And they can Who say that they're okay, but they don't know if they're okay because they're, sometimes they're confused. And then they start feeling the effect of the fall way later. And it, uh, it can get even worse to where, you know, that mm-hmm. fall has caused them to, to die. And I always make sure that I do not want, I, do, I did not want to fall on my watch. I'd rather you oh go God. in the bed. Yeah. And then, then me, me leaving you, <laughs> then me in leaving you in the bathroom and, yeah. and you just deciding to get up. No, 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 no. Not oh on my, my watch. Gosh. What Not about those like, like difficult old people that don't want to. You shall stay. <laughs> yeah. You shall stay because yeah. they don't this is go. for they your safety. You just explain it to them. This is for your safety. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this because I don't want you to get hurt. Yeah, and for those just difficult, you might have to explain a couple more, a couple, couple time, times, couple times, maybe ten times. But once they get it, you thank God, and you just kind of keep it mm-hmm. moving. Yeah, 
Yeah. I've had to explain to But then if they go in the bed... You, you have a time limit, too, because they do. can't sit in that. No. Um, because no. then they get burns and yeah. that type of thing. And so you've got that mess to clean up, but it is better than a fall. It yeah. is better. <laughs> oh, my God. It's way I'd rather clean that whole bed and then having to scrub you up, give you a bed bath and everything, other than me taking you to the bathroom, having to take care of somebody else and risking you falling. I'd rather just clean everything. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, how, how can healthcare provider protect the, the residents from COVID? And other infectious diseases. It's not just COVID. There's other things that, like flu and all that stuff. Like, how do you put? How do these providers protect the residents? I think we do a pretty there's, good job at doing yeah, that. There's protocols yeah, in there's place. Protocols. Like in uh, at the outside of the. If, let's say if the patient has like you know tuberculosis or something like that. Yeah. There is like a sign that we have. You know what you need to do when you're going into that room. Either you have to put your gloves on, PPE, or um, make sure you have like that um, N95 mask on. Um, when you go into that room, that way, when you go in there, you're protected, and then you don't you don't bring those stuff out when you leave the the room. So okay. There's there's a lot of protocols that go into that to not only protect you but also protect the patient as well too. So the, you think that healthcare does a good job mm-hmm. protecting? Okay. We do the best <coughs> we can. I mean, if you have like can. fifty <laughs> people and you're trying to move in between rooms, mm-hmm. like you're gonna try your very best. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go to like somebody like you no know, my my grandma or my mom is getting old and I'm thinking about you know finding putting them in leave a, them at home put them in a facility. Uh, what steps should that family uh, take to decide where to place a family member? So the biggest question, and I'm going to harp on this because this is I've ex- mm-hmm. I'm mad about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make sure that where you're deciding to take your parents. They have good staffing ratio. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. A lot of questions. Where do you guys get your supplies? How many we, How many days of the week do you get your supplies? Um, what happens when they run out? Do you have backlog? Do you have what do you What do you do? So ask questions. So yeah, ask, ask, ask questions. Yeah. Like how many staff? How many people work here at night? What do you? How do you staff this at night? Mm-hmm. And how does that work? You know, ask questions. What and if don't it, what just, if they just be lie sold on what they what they. If what they, they lie to you, then it's you as as a as a family to always advocate for your family members that are in those long term facilities. Mm-hmm. Come to it. Come during the day. Come and see you in during and see the you, night. And see your your family member. Come. Ask them questions. Were you taken care of? Were you changed? If they if they not able to change themselves, how, like how many times a day did you eat? Like was was somebody in here? Like when you needed something, what did somebody come and actually help you? All of those questions. If they were not met, then you go speak to the who the D O N. Mm-hmm. Somebody who are like tell them like my family my, my family member said this this and that she was not taken care of why is that because you guys told me but that you, yeah. you're support you will be taking care of my family member but these are not being met why mm-hmm. and then figure out why that's happening mm-hmm. and if it still happened the second I then take them out of that facility yeah but I feel yeah. like along with asking questions and also um, being able to ask your your family member and how they feel the care is going mm-hmm. I feel like it's also important even though it is annoying for us it's also important for you to be there mm-hmm. to actually see like the, the environment yeah, how yeah. they're being taken care of as well. see how the environment is see yeah. like do the people the staff look stressed out like what is, what's going on do they seem like there's enough people on the floor mm-hmm. you know make sure you're looking at those things because then you can be the advocate that f- pushes for more staff and then 
then there's more people on the floor yeah. and then your your parent gets enough help mm-hmm. on time and because n- not every day is is the same cuz no. you might come in there and you see what like there's a lot of staff but then the next day that you're not there there could be only like what one person mm-hmm. like cuz i there was a facility that i worked at there was only one nurse in the building or there was no nurse at all we were lucky when there was and then there'll be like there's two floors and then one floor has like there's actually three three different parts of the building and there would only be two people in the building and one has to stay upstairs and the other one has to stay downstairs because downstairs is primary care and you can't what about leave the those third, people by that section you randomly move work your way over there when you can yeah <laughs> when you, you can try the best that you can go over there when you can yeah yeah and then Sometimes like, you're lucky enough to where like that floor is mostly people who are able to able to do so their you own can thing. Yeah. Kind of take your time and just make sure that you're putting everybody into bed. Th- those are not able to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. You kind of like work your way, make sure that you you know they're in bed, they have everything that they need. So then by the time you get over there, you just kind of check on them, and so, they, barely sometimes they don't even eat, need anything. Mm-hmm. But you just check on them because you still have to check on them. You know mm-hmm. you can't just leave them just because they can do everything by themselves. They get annoyed if you knock on the door and they're already asleep. But you still have to just check on. I just want to make sure yeah. you're breathing, sir. You can have breathing. Remember that one time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was this one patient. This is just a funny story. One, <laughs> I was take so I had, I was on the second floor one time and, um, this, 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 um, patient that I had, such a sweet man. I love him very much. He's still with me, by the way. Oh, um, he's, yeah, he was such a nice man. Um, so he was like eating dinner. He was like, honey, do you want some pudding? He was just a, one of the sweetest people that I've ever met. And then, so nighttime came. It was 2 a.m. Everybody's asleep, you know? <laughs> and I'm making my rounds, you know, just checking on them, make sure they're okay. I go into that room. This is my first time with him, right? I go into the room and I just find him. He the way he was sleeping, it was as if he was gone. I start freaking out because he's a DNR, so do not resuscitate. He's a DNR, so I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm like, hello, <laughs> I'm calling his name. Are you okay? Are you okay? He's not saying anything. He's not saying anything, and and so I checked on him. He's like, he's breathing. So why is he like this? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I got close to him just to make sure that there's air coming through. And he was like, what are you doing, honey? I'm going to call him Bob. Oh I was like, Bob, I thought you were gone. He was like, no, honey, that's just how I sleep. I'm a deep sleeper. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> and then there's those with sleep he was apnea. Like, he was like, mm-mm. Yeah. Like that. With no trust. No. That's funny. Oh my god! I was just like, no, no, not tonight, not tonight. <laughs> and thank God, yeah. he's still with me though. Very sweet man. So going back to that, like you know, uh, <clears throat> you know what families need to do before they put their people. So the first one, uh, Christina talks about like uh, I think two things about ask questions, pay a visit. Uh, what in else? In the morning. Like, in the morning. In the daytime. And then in the night. Mm-hmm. What else does somebody do? Like make sure that this is the right family, the right place for my family. Talk to the staff. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> just just you. in a surprising way. Mm-hmm. Just ask questions. Yeah. Just in a surprising way. Like what kind of questions do you ask staff? <laughs> and so do, what happened last night? <laughs> do you yeah. like your job? Yeah. Do you do like you your job? Working? Are you stressed? How many times like, how many how, how, how many much hours residents do, you, yeah. do you have right now? How many residents are just you taking? Little, yeah. the things that you want to know. 
But you know, you just do you think that did, did, like uh, all healthcare providers like that uh, make make all this stuff sign like na 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 disclosure stuff that you can't talk to HIPAA. No, not here, but like just talk to you. Can't talk mm-hmm. to nobody about anything. About anything. Hip is more like for health stuff. You can can share. Have you signed it? I don't. Yeah, I've never really signed it, but I I I I, I tell I tell people I tell people there was um at a rehab facility that I used to work for. Um, there was a patient who was going to get transferred to another rehab facility that I actually worked for as well, too. So she asked me about it. I told her not to go. And I told her everything that was wrong with that facility and how, like my, how, what my experience was when I was working there. And then the next day she talked to her family and thank God they were able to get her to a different facility that was a lot better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, I tell people about a facility. If, I feel yeah. like if as a staff, you should place. think about it. Yeah. You shouldn't think about it as like snitching, but you should think about it as advocating. Yes. Because when you when you work in those places, um, yeah, you're earning like you're earning a living for yourself, but you're also seeing the stuff around you. And if you're mm-hmm. a person with, you know, compassion and you actually love what you do and you love taking care of people, mm-hmm. you will never want to see somebody oh, yeah. in a place where you wouldn't yeah. want your family member exactly. to, to be there. Exactly. And you wouldn't want to treat somebody the way you wouldn't want your family member. Uh-huh. That's all long-term care is, is advocating for people who, you know, you have become their family now. Yeah. And they yeah. depend on you and they trust you. <clears throat> So if you trust me to ask me about a recommendation, I will tell you. Yeah. But but as a healthcare uh, person, you can't just like volunteer those information. No, I don't volunteer. You ask me. I give give them an answer, but I just don't like, just, you know, go out and just chop a chop a chop a chop a It's still my job, you know? It's still a job. So it's important to ask questions like that, like actually visit. Several facilities and ask, just talk to staff. Yeah, yeah. take you your know. time in choosing the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take your time. And I know yeah. uh, you typically worked a lot of nights shifts, but yeah. um, when you worked the days, did you have family members that would like get to know you and be like, "Oh hi, oh hi"? Not very well because they're more no. concerned about their loved ones. But okay. like some of them, like you know, they do. You know, mm-hmm. they ask, you know, How, do you like your job? You know, mm-hmm. like just ask you. Just th- some of them are very friendly, but there's some of them who like you know they're very hands on. They're very they, critical. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is nice, but sometimes they it get it gets in the way of you trying to do, do your, your job. Jobs, yeah, but it's I, then I, they're I not much of like oh I'm here for now. your for my family. You mm-hmm. now become an annoyance because you're preventing care. Yeah, yeah. I'm coming in here to help your family. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming in here to be hounded. Don't <laughs> hound me. I'm coming to help your family. Yeah, and true, you true. don't have to do anything. Yeah, we should be the one providing the care. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so how about those te- you know residents that don't even get family member visiting? That's oh, it's sad. so sad. Oh, it breaks sad. my heart. And you can see how it affects them truly because oh. they talked about, you know, even even the dementia and Alzheimer patient because oh. their memories go back to, you know, back back then. So they would talk about family members that probably like passed away and just have not seen them. So they talk about them a lot, but then they just never get visitors. Yeah. So just like Christina saying, you become their family. So taking that time to actually just sit with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is so important. And they appreciate that so, so much. Mm. And it does more. It does more healing than anything else. Yep. Like if they're just able to talk to somebody and just play, providing games. that comfort and comp- like companionship and mm. just yeah, playing games with them. Oh my I've gosh, I've played 
Karata with people? <laughs> okay. Karata? Poker? Cards. No. Oh, yeah. Cards. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was I'm like, not everybody you. knows what that means. I've played <laughs> poker. I've learned how to play poker. Yeah. With, oh, yeah, yeah. With, with residents. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you watch TV. You watch movies. Yeah. Like, some organizations that actually get paid by their loved ones to visit. Do they? Really? Yeah. Like, um. I will visit your family <laughs> yeah. for free, like um, for like three hours, a couple times a week, or whatever. And they'll just go in, and they can't do anything medically, but they'll just sit with your family member. They'll like fold laundry. That's that's just I, do little things. That sounds like at home. Like, at home was is like that at too. Home? Yeah, mm-hmm. you you provide a, like like the patient that I have right now for at home. I just provide companion care while her husband is like just in meetings and stuff like that. I would sit with her. We watch I Love Lucy, Golden Girls. <laughs> I like I. Love you know, to like oldies because nice. of hanging out yeah. with people like that. I'm it's just nice. like, what it's, is this? This you is actually pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice. I love that. Yeah. So, so um, if somebody can afford it, though, you would recommend to just have your mem- your family members stay at home. Truly, at yes. Home if you can care. afford it, at home care mm-hmm. is the best care. It I mean, really is. It really there's is. good. There's good long term care yeah. facilities as well. There's good independent living facilities. There's good True. memory care facilities if your if your family member needs a lot more yeah. care. Yeah. But to keep the familiarity, mm-hmm. stay at home. Yeah, I would say, and then just have care come to you. Yeah. yeah. If you as a family are willing to do that, and like the patient is not so far gone, you know, because it is it is kind of draining to take care of like you know dementia and Alzheimer patient mm-hmm. at home because it does get draining on you as well too as a family. But if you're able to do it and you can afford it, I definitely re- recommend at home because I've having to work in, in all of this and still working with at home and also like assistant living and memory care. Um, I definitely recommend at home because the patient is a lot more comfortable. You get to see that, you know, that they're actually receiving care and you, you're able to, you yourself as a family are able to hire somebody that you can talk to before, you know, they get that job and you actually get a feel of who they really are and not getting somebody who you know that they're not, you know, going to provide that the right amount of care to, mm-hmm. you know, your loved ones. So I really definitely recommend at home because it's just a lot better in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, I guess those are very important um, factors that people need to consider mm-hmm. before you can put somebody in a in a nursing home or those long term facilities. And you know, uh, <clears throat> so I hope that uh, our listeners are getting some information and ideas of what to do when it gets to a point that they need to put a family member at a at a home. Mm-hmm. What, in, what uh, as we as we finish up? What any other advice would you give somebody that's trying to get a family at a in one of those facilities, what are the advice? Beside, just remember that you're an advocate for your family, for your loved ones. Um, like we were talking about earlier, don't be afraid to ask those questions, any type of questions that you may have. Making sure that your loved one is going to be able to receive the right amount of care that they deserve. So don't be afraid to be their advocate, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Do not be afraid to come and visit them. That's really also very important. Visiting them. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think? Does you just believe what they read on the internet? Absolutely not. Yeah. 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 Um, just like Kay said, um, you are your family's advocate. If yeah. you wouldn't want something done to them, you know, 
make sure you're yeah. there and you're able to see what what kind of care that they're getting and um if you're able to take care of them or be or have that at home service i would greatly recommend that um but also for the staff um if you don't feel that this is the right field for you don't force yourself mm-hmm. these are people's lives that you hold in your hands these are people's parents sisters brothers these are people's families and you have to go in asking yourself am i willing to give that kind of care to someone mm-hmm. am i able to to have that compassion on someone am i able to do this job you have to ask yourself that and if it were to be your family member it were if it were to be you in that position how would you want your care to be like yeah i ask myself that every time that i would go to work because sometimes it gets very stressful and it gets very overwhelming mm-hmm. and you get burnt out very quickly but it's it it's okay to you know take a break yeah and don't and burn yourself out yeah. especially in that field you will yeah. burn out very quickly yeah. and then imagine you're burnt out and you're tr- still trying to give care it's not going to be 100 percent, and it's not going to be good advocate for your patients residents clients advocate for them talk to whoever you need to talk to about like staffing anything you don't feel is safe anything that you um you don't feel is good Make sure you talk to somebody about it and advocate for your people. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like you know we live in a culture right now that every, every, people just find information on the internet, mm-hmm. you know. But I feel like when it comes to like your families, uh, your family health and care, you can't just depend on googling things and no. trying to figure out. Oh, this no. is this one has this is five star, mm-hmm. and you just take that as it means that they have good services and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think like uh, even though we we'll, we live in a society of googling and doing research on, on the internet, uh, from what you guys are saying, I think it's when it comes to health, long term healthcare, it's research in person research. In person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you have to go in there and actually see these places and ask questions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Don't just I mean you have to Google and try to find mm-hmm. if it says five star and then go then go and visit go it. visit and yeah. try to find out what. Uh, what services to provide and how good they're going to take care of your family member. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. So I think, I hope that this helped somebody out there that is considering taking a family member in a, you know, one of these healthcare uh, centers. And it may sound time. bad, yeah. Yeah. but what I always think about it right now is that you could be the change. Yeah. You could make the change so that these facilities, like a lot of them better. that are not the best, yeah. that they get better and that those changes are implemented. And that's what has healthcare workers fighting for right now. Yeah, to, to bring change. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Mutunuatu and I hope that this information helped you. And if you did, please just reach out to us, write us information. Uh, if you want us to talk more about this kind of stuff, let us know too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk about it and just put some information there and ideas and uh, things you can do to, fight to when you're trying to get your family member into a you know a long-term healthcare place. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, ask questions, listen to Mtunuwatu, and we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Mtunuwatu podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe and click on that notification button so you get notified when you upload a new episode.
You can also listen to all our episodes at mtunuwatu.com or your favorite podcast app. Follow us also on Facebook and Instagram. And thank you very much. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.